Welcome to Mythids. My name is Brooke. My name is Alyssa, and uh, today is the manifestations of all of my mistakes made real. Hi. <laughs> so, as you guys know, every five episodes we have a guest come on to, you know, tell us what they think we do wrong and to present a monster of their choice and, you know, just to bring some different perspectives in. Uh, today, we have the absolute delight of having Alyssa's actual little sister and my adopted little sister, Megan. Hello, I'm here to tell them that they don't know how to do research. And to be fair, I think every guest we've ever had on has come on with that exact purpose. Yeah, I was going to say, in order, Sarah said we were bad at research and it stressed her out. Catherine openly shamed us multiple times. Megan is jo- is literally a professional in research. So this would be good, yeah. is what we're saying. We at least are consistent with our guests and that they really put in the work for us. <laughs> Truly. So I found out I was doing this about five hours ago, so I tried really hard. We appreciate it. Yeah, we had some uh, issues getting a guest today, so thank you for the short notice uh, frantic searching. I have a feeling I will live to regret it because you've been cryptic as hell for five hours. God, I'm excited about this. Who's going first? Do we usually let the guest go first, or does the guest go last? We usually let the guest go first, but we can also do last. Uh, She has more research than both of us combined, so take that as you will. Okay, I do want to say a disclaimer about mine. I had a seizure today. I'm totally fine. It's not an issue. I have seizures all the time. But as a result... I was trying to research while recovering from a seizure, and as a result, I don't have notes. I know the story pretty well, I'm ready to discuss it, I'm gonna be able to argue the hell out of romance, but like, notes, sources, not something I've got for you guys today. Well, you're gonna just lose, a heads first up. of all. Oh my god, but leave, they just had a seizure, leave them alone. But I need them to know they're losing oh this. Oh god, oh my god. All right, Megan. Who did you bring no, for us I, I today? No, I want you guys to say what you did first, and then well, I will say. what we do is we go in order of when we present. So whoever's going says. No, what... no, I I have to say it last, but I will present okay, first. Okay, I'll I go promise. first. Go ahead. No, Alyssa, you're first. I think. Okay, so yeah, I'll go first. My sister Megan, who is sitting, sitting here, right next here. To me. Hi. In case you forgot. Uh, works in video game development, specifically in user research and interface. So when I was looking over, or she was showing me some of the stuff she did for her senior video game project, she showed me concepts for this monster she found. And it was the coolest thing I had ever seen in my entire life, and I instantly fell in love. And I was like, I will absolutely use this for an episode of Mythids if it kills me. Upon doing research, it turns out it's a monster from, it says mythology, but it's a people's religion that people still practice today. So in the interest of being respectful to that culture and religion, I don't want to make it to be like this grand fantasy fairy tale uh, when it's already been uh, assimilated to Christianity through missionaries through many, 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 many years. Uh, In the interest of being respect, I want to do what Brooke did for the Wendigo episode where I'm just going to talk about it, I'm going to tell you about it, But I really don't want it to be part of the debate because I don't want to make light of it. So I want to talk about it. I think it's really interesting. I like the design. I like what I've heard about it. But I just want to leave it at that because to the best of my knowledge, I cannot tell if this specific creature is worshipped, but it is a part of that religion. So in the interest of being respectful with the information that I have, I'm just going to lay out the bare facts. I will back you up on this. I remember trying to find more sources besides for the one person who told me it, uh, the story of it, uh, how she knew it, and it was very hard to find sources. So, uh, what I have for us today is the best guess I have at pronunciation is, uh, Mubui Tuihi, uh, but I'm just going to call it Mubui, uh, which is a legendary creature of Guarani myth. Uh, The Guarani are a group of indigenous peoples in South Central America, uh, primarily Paraguay, or Central South America, I might have mixed that up, Uh, but primarily found in Paraguay, uh, but also in parts, yeah, that's South America, I can, geography. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Do we know things about Uh, other countries? No, we're Americans. Oh, you got me there. 
You'll never be as bad as a certain someone. Anyway. Who we all happen Ooh, to know. My girlfriend. She didn't know where Puerto Rico was. She barely knew where Alaska and Hawaii were. She also- What? Oh yeah, no, she is dreadful with geography. <laughs> Alyssa and I drove from Florida to Georgia oh, once, man. and uh, Sarah had to be like, wait, isn't that a few states away? And yeah. And like, had to be like, no, Georgia <laughs> is directly above Florida, Sarah. She didn't know that Georgia was above Florida. Now, I understand if you're from a different country, like, America's just a whole bunch of big shapes, but, like, if you've lived in this country your whole life and you, oh, God. Yeah, I was gonna say, I went to the same elementary school as your girlfriend, and I know for a fact that they made us memorize all 50 states and where every single state was. Yes, I skipped that day of school. <laughs> she skipped that whole- It was, like, half of a year. Are you sure about that? every day at- at the end of school, we'd have to go through them all, and, like, every month or so, we'd be handed a blank ma- map, and we had to fill in where all the states were. She's apparently physically present, but not mentally present for Sarah all of that. Sarah was replaced with the body double, more at six. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, these, the, the indigenous peoples are found primarily in Paraguay, but also in parts of Argentina, Brazil, and Bolivia. As I said earlier, most of this religion was assimilated into Christianity by, uh, I think, the Jesuits in the 16th century. Uh, but as I said, it's still worshipped, so it's not a popular religion, but it's still practicing. Part of the reason I had so much trouble finding research is that it's notorious for having absolutely no written text or sources. Uh, everything we know about this religion has passed exclusively through oral tradition. Um, there are minimal articles about people who have written about it from what they've been told, but none of the Guar- Guarani people themselves have written anything or documented anything. It's exclusively oral tradition, which is why it's been so difficult. Um, these tellings, of course, are going to vary from region to region and even person to person, which is actually really common in Latin mythology or religion, period, is that it depends on who's telling you. So they're oftentimes... There's a lot of similar stories or names, and they all cover the same things, but it's minor differences because it depends on, you know, who you're hearing it from, different embellishments, personal choices, etc. So just something to keep in mind as I'm describing this that, oh, maybe you've heard of this, maybe you haven't, but it might have been slightly different details or a slightly different name. This is just how I've come across it. So on that note, Mabui is the second son of Tao and Karana. Karana being the human wife of the spirit Tao. She suspected that she was abducted, but it's not particularly clear on that matter. Just that uh, he took her, Tao was then defeated uh, by a hero, and then he was reincarnated and came back for the same woman, and then she bore him seven sons. Or at least seven children. Yeah, that's dedication. Again, I'm not going to say it's a good thing, especially if he, like, kidnapped her but there, there's dedication there for sure because of the product of intercourse between evil spirit and human uh the goddess cursed all of those children so that they'd be born as monsters uh cursed or like blessed i guess it depends on your perspective you know i like to say that's a little unfair for like the poor woman who was being raped like yeah gods never think of that god damn it like, that's a common, I- that's unfortunately a common issue. Yeah, literally no god in any mythology ever seems to be like, hmm, this woman was raped. Bad thing? She's already, she's been punished. This was bad thing that happened to her. They're always like, ah, like, how dare uh, you? This is terrible. Let us make it worse. But on that note, uh, Tao the evil spirit is not so much like, a lot of people have the misconception of, like, oh, it's the evil spirit, it's the devil, or, like, the force of evil. It's not so much that sort as, like, the opposite. So, like, they're, in the beginning of their creation myth, there is the supreme god, but alongside him was the evil spirit Tao. So it's more, I don't want to say it's, like, a balance, but it's good and evil were created. They are separate entities, and it's not so much that one is, this is the bad place, or this is the devil, as the other side or created alongside like the supreme creator and that's Tao uh so his second son Mabui uh his name translates to snake parrot which should give you some kind of idea of what it's going to look like is considered to be the protector of aquatic animals and the wetlands 
So he patrols through the swamps to protect the life found there. Uh, apparently he's known to enjoy flowers. More power to him. Uh, we love nature. When was the last time you gifted a man flowers? Or a monster? Come on now. You don't know what they enjoy. I don't, but if any monsters are looking to receive flowers, please DM me. I'd be happy to send an arrangement your way. So, Mabui is an enormous serpent with a giant parent head covered in feathers. The rest of his skin is scaly and streaked. And he is also described to have a red forked tongue the color of blood. And his look frightens all who see him. Um, Again, I strongly recommend if this is one of the things you have access to, uh, maybe give it a quick Google search. Because I I took one look at this monster and I was struck by Cupid's arrows. Like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. What kind of flowers does he appreciate? Say, uh, somebody on my game design team uh, did concept art and... Alyssa was smitten. Yeah. Did a nice job. Uh, as far as tales surrounding Mabui, the one that I was told uh, via Megan's interview was uh, that he lived in the wetlands near a village, but he regularly took uh, sacrifices of maidens in the village uh, once per year, like the traditional like offerings to the gods. Um, and one year in particular he was interested in a woman that was engaged. Now, typically they had never entered or they had never offered or asked women who were engaged or in a relationship to do so. It was only single women. Uh, But Mabui was so taken by her beauty that he was insistent, like, no, it has to be her. I have to have this woman. So the village was like, sorry, there's not really much we could do. Uh, we We have to give her. So her fiance was devastated that, uh, you know, his, his fiance was being taken to Mubu. He's like, I have to go rescue her. I have to go get her back. I have to stop him. I have to defeat him or see if I can get her back. So he goes to rescue her from Mubu. And Mubu is so slighted that someone would try and take his sacrifice, um, that he transforms the woman into, I believe, a tree. No, a large boulder. A large boulder. And he transforms, you know, as the man goes to rescue her, him into a large tree. So she is now a large boulder and he is a large tree, but they are on opposite sides of, it's either a river or a waterfall. So they can always see each other, but they never actually get to touch each other again. And that is the only notable story that I have ever found or been told about. Uh, He's a spiteful boy. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even his to begin with. Like, it, it wasn't like, like, oh, this is your sacrifice and someone's trying to steal for him. Like, she was engaged to begin with. And then he took her. And then he's like, no, this woman is mine. Oh, you want her back. I'm spiting you. Uh have fun sitting on opposite sides of the river forever waterfall forever but however that could be a positive because you know i mean they're at least a spiteful man so he could uh, get revenge on other people i was gonna say it could have been worse at least like they were at least still together but damn that's tragic uh but anyway that is quite literally all i was able to find because again there are not a lot of sources and there's not a lot available due to the fact that it's all oral tradition and most of it has only been come across recently due to the fact that most of it was assimilated uh so that's mabui so I am bringing, um, first of all, we're taking a trip back to Vampire t- <gasps> Town. Oh! There are so many fucking vampires out there. And Megan, I want you to know I chose a vampire in honor of your presence today. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For context, my sister does have vampire's disease. Quite literally, she cannot be in the sun. She is a human vampire. Megan's a mess. We love her very much. The sun is evil. Um, I was torn between going for, like, some kind of goblin gremlin kind of thing or going for a vampire. (laughs) I kind of felt they were equally representative of you. Oh, okay. Um, But I, yeah. But I decided to go vampire at the end of the day. Good choice. I thought you'd appreciate it more. I do appreciate it, honestly. And I just want to say, y'all are going to lose your minds when I finally say what I have. Oh, no. You keep saying oh, no. this, but you won't fucking tell the us. The problem is, I promised 
this goblin sitting next to me that I was going to try and tone down my horniness. You did not promise me such a thing. I thought it. Okay. I thought I was going to promise, but I couldn't make that promise. But Brooke brought, brought vampires. That's like the known sexiest kind of like, I'm sorry, vampires always have sexy points, like just inherently. This one's got yeah, a lot of sexy points, I have to say. Vampires aren't even in your book. What book? Oh, the No Horny book? Oh yeah, my Can I Fuck This book. Someday we have to like recreate that book as like a buyable merch item. I'd be here for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I would do it. <laughs> I am bringing the Darug Dua from Ireland. That is my best comprehension of how to pronounce the name. There's a few different spellings, and I think there's a few different pronunciations of it. But, you know. Um, So some sources I saw talked about it as, like, an overall species of vampire that you could see, like, wandering graveyards at night and all that kind of stuff. But um, most of the sources talked about one particular woman that became the first uh, Dargdua. And that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today. God, I love a woman who can kill me. (laughs) (laughs) So the story goes, and this takes back way, way, way into Irish history before the Christians showed up and fucked everything up. Which is when all the best stories happen, really. Subtitle for this episode, When the Christians Attack. (laughs) Oh my god. Literally, though. So, how it goes is this beautiful, beautiful woman was, you know, renowned for how beautiful she is, how kind she is, all this shit. And people came from all around who wanted to marry her and all this, and she's nice to all of them, but ultimately she falls in love with a peasant. Her dad is like, nah, fuck that shit, we're selling you off to the highest bidder, we are getting rich off this shit. Oh shit. And so she cries and begs and all this, and he's like, no, love is stupid, we don't have time for it, you're marrying this older rich dude. And the older rich dude, no one has names, this is a very old story. Um, but he, the, basically, her husband that she gets sold off to locks her away in a tower where only he has access to her. And, you know, he beats her and rapes her and all these horrible, horrible things. And she's so upset by this, she has no, that she decides she's going to commit suicide. And there is no real way for her to do that. I guess the tower that she's trapped in doesn't really have any weaponry of any sort. So instead what she does is she starts hiding all of the food that is brought to her and she slowly dies of starvation. Now, once oh, as soon painful. as she's dead Yeah. yeah I say, that's not, not a great way, way to go, go in terms of options. Like, I get that she didn't exactly have options, but Damn. Yeah, she chose, like, the worst way to go without, like, debate. Yeah. Except for maybe burning. Burning's pretty rough, too. But it's not as long as starvation. Yeah. So, she starves herself to death. And as the story goes, uh, she isn't even cold yet before her husband takes a new wife. And uh, her family barely mourns her because they're off, you know... Loving all of the money they got from her husband and all that. Jesus! And, yeah. Oh, yeah. It sucks. And, um, an old tradition said that you should stack stones on top of a grave to keep the person from rising again. However, she had always been so kind to everyone and so beloved and all of this that the townspeople... Don't bother putting stones on her grave because they think, you know, she's so kind a person she'll never, she wouldn't come back. She won't become a demon. The mistake there is, of course, that she's fucking pissed. I don't blame her. Her life has been absolute garbage. (laughs) So she rises from her grave one night and she is, because she starved herself to death, she is overwhelmed with hunger. And so, first she goes to her family's house, and she sucks the life force out of her father. Valid. So he is nice and dead. Yeah, you money um, asshole. As he deserves. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and she realizes she's still hungry. 
So next she goes to her husband's house. And he's got, like, a bunch of, like, hot girls over and they're having a fucking blast. And she kills him. Oh, see, you know what? She probably shouldn't have Same killed thing. the pretty girls. She probably should have just and killed the husband. Didn't she, though? I don't know if she killed the pretty girls or not. I know she killed the husband. I don't know. From what I read, she seems to mostly target men. Valid. Oh, God, I love her. (laughs) (laughs) She's incredibly sexy. So she kills him, and she's still hungry. She's eternally hungry, really. Um, But basically how the story goes is that from then on... Every night she will rise up out of her graveyard, out of her grave, um, and find young men that she seduces, because she's still hot as all fuck. Get it, girl! Still so hot and also just so incredibly hungry, and so she finds, she wanders the graveyard until she sees young men who are, like, passing by to, like, I don't know, go home or some shit, and she seduces them uh to come over to her with the promise of like oh look how hot i am and then bam fucking bites them uh and kills them and so how the story goes is that now she can only come back on the days of her burial she can only rise on the anniversary of her death Mm. uh and so the town where her body supposedly is buried they stack stones on top of her graveyard, of her grave, to this day, on her anniversary of death, to keep her from coming up and killing everybody. Uh, but su- as legend tells it, sometimes that is not enough, and she shows up anyway. Imagine being so fueled by rage and spite that even literal stones piled on top of your grave isn't enough to stop you or your hunger. I love a woman. Once a year, she may have a snack. As a treat. <laughs> she deserves a snack, okay? Yeah. She's had a rough go of things. So, that is the story of the Daragdua. And now I'm sure you understand why I said I have some major arguments to make for dateability. I'm so smitten. Yeah, to be fair, I, I also really like her because she's a pretty lady. But... I'm confident that even if I end up really liking her better than who I brought, Alyssa will definitely like who I brought better. How? Brick has a vampire sexy lady. What did you do? Uh, it's called I Know You. Okay, okay. okay. You can't bring- Alright, whatever you brought, you can't get mad if I get excessively thirsty then if you brought something targeted that I would find hot specifically. Uh, well, listen, I, I got it because it's a cool character, and that's it. It is a character! Uh, so no, we now have confirmation it's a character. Uh, Megan, it's your turn anyway, Okay, so, so since I had five hours to prepare this, oh, I, I decided to stick with what my expertise is in. I fucking knew it. So I brought Pyramid Head from <gasps> Silent Hill to- <laughs> Wait, Alyssa, you're horny for Pyramid Head? Are you not? I am like, so sorry. We're going to have to put a volume warning on this fucking episode again. Oh my Um, god. Okay, listen, listen. Pyramid Head is sculpted like Michelangelo himself took like his magnum opus and every like year of work that he's ever done and combined them all together. Like, you're a bitch, Megan. You're a fucking bitch. Uh, no, I'm smart. I, for one, am uh, very excited about uh, this. Keep going. Yeah, do do your research thing. I'm just gonna okay. sit quietly. So here, here's a little background on Silent Hill, in case anyone doesn't know. So, it's basically, uh, the games generally take place in a small town. It's called Silent Hill, just like the game name. It's in the northeast U.S., I believe, in Maine. So Stephen it, fucking yeah, King, Yeah, it, they fucking went Stephen King on this shit. Uh so it draws upon the psyche of its visitors and alters the reality of the town based on who is visiting. Uh, and Pyramid Head is actually uh, supposed to be one of the executioners from the town's past because the first settlers of the town were executioners and the family members of executioners. So essentially, uh, Pyramid Head was actually seen in a painting by uh, the main character of the game, James Sunderland, during a visit with his wife uh, three years before her death. 
So essentially, if you don't know who Pyramid Head is, he looks, he is this very hyper-masculine and very buff man. Uh, he's very pale. Uh, he wears a large pyramid mask over his head. He wears kind of like this white fabric outfit that's kind of more like a butcher smock because, you know, he kills people, but that's okay. Uh, he also drags a very long and very good sword. He Off. kills people, but that's okay. This Maybe they deserve it, Alyssa. You don't know. Anyway. Anyway, he also sometimes has a spear, but that's, like, not that much. His sword is way more famous, and it's also really good because it's a huge fucking sword. Uh, he does not speak. He only kind of moans painfully. So, I mean, I, I feel bad if he's in pain, but, uh... I, he doesn't speak, so that's that puts him ahead of most men, I feel. Scream! So, essentially, uh, the concept came from uh, Masahiro Ito. He did uh, the concept design for this game and a lot of the monsters. So, he originally was designing him uh, by doing, like, humans wearing masks, and he was pretty unhappy with it. So, after that, he uh, tried to make something more angular and settled with kind of the triangular thing, and he wanted it to kind of suggest pain, like the different angles in the mask. And the creator actually looked at a World War II tank when he was designing the helmet, because he has a, some kind of weird fascination with uh, World War II tanks, That's according to always unfortunate. a lot of an Arca archive do. tweet of his. So. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Like, any, I, like, okay, first of all, it's a common thing that most men do, but also it's always, almost always a warning sign. Like, anytime someone tells you, oh, I'm really into history, specifically World War II, run, run. Get out of there. Uh, and then they did a lot of research on, like, the outfits of executioners, so that's kind of where his actual outfit came in. So he is actually, like, a manifestation of James Sunderland's guilt, because, spoilers for, you know, a however many years old game, this bitch fucking killed his wife. He killed her because she was dying of uh, a terminal illness, and she started getting, like, really snippy. She would be like, telling him to, like, come comfort me, and then she would, like, yell at him to go away. You know, it's things that happen when people are dying, James. So instead he smothers yeah. her to death, and then he kind of actually uh, represses the memory of it. Men that are the cause of women's suffering slash their wife's suffering slash death. Also the sub-subtitle for this episode. Yeah, yeah that's pretty- uh, subtitle, men are bad. <laughs> uh, also, God, I'm just had... Sorry, just real quick. The sheer rage that will come from the combat between wife who died from having a shitty husband and shitty husband who killed his wife. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's a pretty good uh, battle we got going on there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one bad thing about Pyramid Head is because he's a manifestation of guilt, he kind of just stares at James for most of the game. Or he's doing weird things to uh, nurses that are really gross, actually. Uh, that's a no-no part of that game. It looks real bad, too. He also kills other monsters. Uh, so there's also another character who basically is, uh, a memory of his wife, except she's more, like, more mad because she's angry because, you know, he murdered her. So that girl just keeps dying and getting resurrected by Pyramid Head. Not cool. Well, at least he's bothering to bring, it, bring her back. Like, granted, it is just to kill her again. But, like, he brought her back? <laughs> but really, it's just, uh, because James feels so guilty about it, it's essentially him punishing himself by constantly seeing her dying over and over again in painful ways because it's like, hey, asshole, this is what you fucking did. And a fun fact is a second, a second pyramid head actually appears in-game after he kills another person. Does that mean, okay, there's two of them. Can I date both of them? Oh, wait, we're not there yet. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So anyway, the no. second one uh, shows up after he kills another visitor to the town. Uh, they got into some kind of fight. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he also uh, is a little bit of a creative guy. He likes uh, making torture cages. Uh, <laughs> some other fun facts about him that I found out today. There's a joke ending in another Silent Hill game, uh, Silent Hill Downpour. Where he uh, shows up at a birthday party and cuts the cake. I don't know why they did this, but Silent Hill joke endings are pretty wild. He can, he can enjoy a party if he wants. Yeah. He's got the knife already there. That's a good point. Uh, also, he's in a 
a racing game. He is in a game called Crazy Kart Racing, as well as a game called New International Track and Field. <laughs> but yeah, that is that is Pyramid Head. We are, once again, um, sponsored by Closeted Crafts. Whoop, whoop. Um, big fan, genuinely. Uh, we are getting closer to the start of their official Kickstarter. I want to say it's in a little bit more than a week. Um... So, as we said last week, Closeted Crafts is a shop uh, made specifically with those who are closeted in mind. Uh, Their products are perfect for representing without outing. Be proud even if you can't be out. So, there's a, you know, we talked about this last week. There's a lot of LGBT people who, for whatever reason, are in a place in their life where they can't or are afraid to or are uncomfortable with wearing blatant lgbt pride stuff uh, and there's no pro- and there's you know no shame in that but there's also a lot of people who find themselves in that situation who might want to have maybe a pin or jewelry or something like that that can kind of subtly convey to other lgbt people hey here i am uh, and that's kind of where closeted crafts comes in like i said last week i have some pins that they will be selling once uh the shop opens up the Kickstarter will be starting August 1st. Uh, to find some more information with them, they are at Closeted Crafts on uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, and TikTok, I was told. I'm uh, sorry, there's a TikTok? absolutely wild. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I don't have a TikTok, but like, I'm deeply curious as to the kind of content that's being made there. You just dance around yeah. with pins and go, yay! Um, so if you want more information, once things get rolling with that, go give them a follow. Uh, and with that, we come into our debate. Okay. Oh boy. Alright, so y'all gotta start with combat first. Okay. Right. Pyramid Head has a big fucking sword. You know he what? That's a great point. Has a spear. He doesn't use a spear as much, but he also has that. Okay. He's um, also real buff. Okay, so uh, the dar the dark dua. I had a lot of trouble finding the details of like her exact abilities because she's she's a bit like a ghost story. Right. I mean, the bits that talk about it as like a monster to look out for. I saw it found different details in different places. I'm not sure which parts are original to the story itself. But a few things that I found in different uh, sites. Uh, obviously, she is immortal. She comes back every year on the day of her death. Which means, presumably, you cannot re-kill her. She also, I have seen mentions of her having supernatural strength. Which is, I feel like, pretty standard with your vampire types. Obviously, she's got the fangs, the claws, all that. She is a master seductress and manipulator, which is how she hunts. And she is, like I said, powered entirely by the unbridled rage she feels towards men, and especially her husband. So, I think, if nothing else, she will be going all fucking in on this fight. (laughs) I would say. If on a normal day, she's like, I hate men, let's find a man to eat. This time, I'd imagine she's more like, I hate this man in particular. wouldn't, by that, like, just to throw my hat in here, wouldn't they then team up, though? Because Pyramid Head is also like, hey, fuck that man in particular. So, like, wouldn't they just make a really good murder duo? They would. Oh, my God. You can't give me another Shinyo situation. Yeah! (laughs) Right! I mean, like, I'm not Except gonna- this time there's- they're just bros. They're just bros hunting men. Like, on, on one aspect, you have, like, I don't know, is Pyramid Head invulnerable? To- well, let- because you can shoot him a bunch. He will not die. Uh-huh. Uh, but he does die because the two Pyramid Heads at the end both die by killing themselves. So they- So, like, they're only the only- they can <laughs> kill yeah, each only other. they can kill themselves- but, like, on the other hand, you don't know if, uh, the sexy vampire lady is sexy, uh, I mean, not, that's not the word that I wanted! <laughs> we know she's sexy! Is immor- we know that much! <laughs> is immortal versus undead, but either way, it's like, 
you know, vampires are hard to re-kill, and there's not a whole lot of details, so, like, I don't, I mean... I will say, I'm pretty confident she's more on the undead side of the immortal spectrum. Right. Which I'd say still counts as immortal. You know, you can't kill her. I will also say that in her myths, at no point is there any talk of, and if she comes after you, this is what you do. Instead, it's more like... Dear God, you'd better hope you have enough rocks on that grave, because once she's here, it's too late. So. I can respect that. But that also means, in some ways, she's defeated by rocks, because if you pile enough rocks on well, her grave, she can't come and get you. if you keep her from getting out of her grave, you're right. Someone she forgot can't to lift. get to you. Someone forgot to lift? Is that what you just said? Yeah, she can't move some rocks on top of her grave. I swear to God. Also, I, I feel like you're not utilizing the fact that you brought a god, essentially. Oh, I'm not arguing. Oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm staying yeah. out of this one. It's a thing that we do sometimes, because a lot of the time we'll find really interesting, like, mythical creatures. Uh, but sometimes it is not appropriate for us to turn into a sort of weird comedy debate. And so we save them for when we have a guest to fight against so that we can just share the info and then back out. Yeah, yeah so I don't know who would win this because either Pyramid Head is only weak to his own sword or he can only kill himself. Okay. And then if you Hear have someone out. who's undead, then that also poses a bit of a problem. Killed. Right. So I will say there are a few ways I could see this fight playing out. I mean, she is a master manipulator slash seductress, so I think I could probably make some argument of I'm sure she could convince someone to kill themselves. Uh, I don't know how effectively she could convince Pyramid Head to kill I was gonna say, that himself. would be a little bit harder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The The persuasion check on that would be out of this world. <laughs> but she has essentially eternity to do it with if she has to so you know she can she could potentially keep chipping away at that conviction uh i do think the most likely turnabout would be them teaming up and hunting down shitty men together i do like that and frankly ending. i want to watch that buddy cop show i would pay millions <laughs> that i don't actually have to watch a team up murder story between sexy vampire lady and Pyramid Head. Like, that is all I want in this world. That would be quite the pair up, honestly. <laughs> Somebody make that movie, please. Hollywood, if you're not listening, someone send this to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> someone, get Hollywood's attention. Yeah. Pronto. Somebody get me Guillermo del Toro. I trust him to oh, God, yeah. I, make this horny enough. He could handle it. He could handle it. He could make this the appropriate amount of horror, but also horny. He did beautiful things with that fish man, okay? He could give Pyramid Head the proper, the proper sculpting he deserves. I think Pyramid Head should be one of the replacement statues. We just have a Pyramid Head statue wherever the fictional town is. Yeah. He could be, like, <laughs> by the Mothman sculptor. Ooh, that would be good. Very good. Anyway, I don't know if we're gonna find out a win on this. Yeah. The, the win is the Hollywood movie we're getting. Okay. Truly. Yeah, because I feel like whenever, like, one character is immortal or whatever, you eventually reach the point where you're like, oh, they could just, over a million years, chip away at it. I mean, they're both- but That's not much of a combat. They're both pseudo-immortal because, like, it's not that's like Pyramid Head has a lifespan either. He just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. So I don't know if we can decree a- It would be a very cool fight, lots of neat special effects, incredibly sexy. I don't know if there would be a winner. Yeah. Is everyone happy I, with that? that? That's up for the Twitterverse to decide. Okay, so now now we get to the other part. Oh god. This is gonna be the most- this is gonna be the largest bisexual crisis of my entire life. Yeah. Now, I hate I both of you. Say I hate both of you. That while this is targeted to make Alyssa weak, Pyramid Head, I do think the Dargdua has more, like, wide range appeal are you sure about that god i hope so i think among our listeners at least she has more appeal to more of them than than Pyramid all right Head let's does. hear both your arguments brooke uh the dog 
other than being a sexy vampire lady? What is she bringing to the table? Let's hear it. Okay. Again, master seductress. Mm -hmm. She is incredibly beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Was always in life, was very kind and loving and all that shit. And now she is motivated by a need for revenge which really there's nothing sexier she is capable of being in a committed relationship i saw a few versions of the story where it's like and to this day you know she is still devoted to that one peasant boy which let's be real she could do better than a peasant boy but I'm not here to judge her. Fair. I'm just here. To, well, I am, in fact, here exactly to judge her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not here to judge her. her, Brooke says, currently judging her. Episode 15. In the Brooke middle of judging the rules her. Of their own podcast. <laughs> I, I will say, I, 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 she does have one huge flaw that you mentioned that is kind of sticking in my mind here. Like, she's a beautiful, okay. perfect lady who I'm down to commit many hypothetical murders with. But you can only see her once a year. I happen to know Alyssa doesn't like not seeing uh, her significant other. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a huge like, long period. Listen, of time. you could do it, but it sucks. This is true. I mean, like I said, there are some versions of it where it's like, there's what? She's like a vampire because a ghost just kind of exists outside of their grave or wherever they died. You know, and they can just float through shit. I see. She has a physical corporeal form with which she uses to lift boulders off of her grave and come up once a year to enact vengeance on men in general. But again, that once a year, like she's got so the much once going a year for is, her. Is rough. I mean, the best the best argument I can make against that is that, like, there are some versions where instead of it just being this one woman that exists as it, it's a whole species that, you know, are more common. It's just that this was the first one and she comes up once a year. But honestly, I'm only interested in dating the vengeful sexy lady. Yeah, So that's who fair. cares about the other ones? I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, that's entirely fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it works. Is that she can only get out of her grave once a year? Is it that she's only awake once a year? I mean, fuck, if it's just she can only get out of her grave, get her a cell phone, yeah. you know? Maybe get it's like... like, Nokia ones that last forever. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how, like... It's, maybe it's like the once a year, like, oh, that's when she returns to her body kind of thing. I uh, Oh, that's possible. I don't know but how the dead There's a lot of possibilities yeah. there. I am sorry. You would need to be committed disease. to long distance. You only see her sometimes. But there's some potential for some beautiful tragic romance there, I will say. But do you want some tragedy or do you want what is real and in front of you? I mean... I'm willing to hear your arguments because, like, I don't know what you're going to argue because my personal taste in the matter is that Pyramid Head has some great, um, <clears throat> assets. Yeah. The jokes are not yeah, funny. Okay. <laughs> anyway, what, what what is Pyramid Head bringing to the table? I got a whole list for you. You have a list? Yes! I came prepared! I came While to win! I was busy having a seizure, Megan was <laughs> getting ready. Megan came, like, ready to go into mortal fucking combat here. So first of all, he exists solely to guilt trip and uh, bring pain to assholes who kill their wives. Uh, he has the coolest fucking sword. It's real big. It's very impressive. Uh, he is buff and strong and can carry you to safety. I was gonna say those arms, that whole body is beautiful. Yeah, you saw those muscles. Yeah. And you know, even though the original is in whatever kind of graphics... You just gotta look at the newer versions of that model and just look at him. He doesn't talk, which makes him better than 95% of men. Uh, he also wears a big mask uh, 24-7, so he's COVID safe. <laughs> Listen, health and safety is important, and he is following the rules. He isn't prepared for any of this. He's also good at arts and crafts because you see his, like, torture cages, and, like, although the original game was mostly- <laughs> I'm killing Alyssa. Although the original game was mostly just, like, boring iron ones, the ones in Dead by Daylight, they're very pretty, they're, like, ornate and fancy. So, like, clearly, he's got some hobbies. He's got hobbies. Uh-huh. Also, uh, because he's in the racing game, he knows how to drive a car, even though he- I don't know how he sees out of that mask. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think it's safe for him to be driving a car. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Yeah, I, Not very road safe of him. I, I don't know how he sees, period, let alone, let alone to drive, but, like, 
I mean, he's in a racing game, so I guess the capability of driving prowess is that of those driving. Uh, also, he competes in track and field, so that's another hobby. Uh, also, he can apparently turn others into pyramid heads. <gasps> I want to be a pyramid head! Uh, so that's only from, what game was it? It's in my sources. Silent Hill Homecoming. He's, like, he shows up very briefly in that game, but one of the endings in that game is he'll, like, turn the main character into one of the pyramid heads. So, like, I mean, if you want to be a monster, he can grant it to you. (gasps) Oh, that's a big plus. Also, uh, the last thing is he was at the party, so he likes parties, until he can check whether an object is a cake or not. I swear to God! Check (laughs) it! I hate this family. That was a very comprehensive list, and I wasn't ready for how detailed and thought out it would be, especially because you've never been horny a day in your life. No, no, I, I, I know what people no, like in relationships. No, but she's been listening to you be horny for all of her life. Yeah. yeah. It's a comprehensive she's list from just... this one. It's usually <laughs> some part of their physique that gets her interested. Sometimes it's their glowing personality. It really depends with me. I'm a roulette wheel. We're never quite sure where it's going to land. Usually it lands on horny of some sort. I mean, yeah, but it's different kinds of horny. I have multitudes. (laughs) Alyssa's horny for one of the worst characters in Transformers, so don't let her ever tell... You okay. that uh we're not glowing going. we're not we're personality not. is something she focuses on we're not going there we're not going there that's irrelevant oh is it yeah is it is it irrelevant yeah it absolutely is so anyway anyway i, I think that's a very strong case i don't i can't be i can't make this decision i'm you a, have to no if you won't who well, will this is too weak twitter <laughs> uh but luckily that's what we have twitter for um <laughs> As always, we will make a poll between these two. Uh, same way it was with the Wendigo, you're only going to be able to vote on either the Dark Dua or Pyramid Head. Our third beautiful monster is not part of the debate and therefore cannot be voted for. But go over to Methods one on Twitter to vote for your preferred monster and let us know your thoughts behind it. We always love to hear that shit. Last week... It's a tie. It, again? It's a split tie. Yes. Yeah. So I this will say happening. the one before that was not a tie. You just decided to count it as one. N- um, no, the, whatchamacallit, the Tarask and Sinyo, you said it was a tie. Was, was it? Hold on. You've recorded it and said it was a tie. It's in the episode. It's published. Well, Tarask- I'd also like to personally call you both out on uh, not letting people vote on Twitter for uh, your one episode with Shrek and Mushu. You absolute cowards. Who is more dateable? Say it! We know we're cowards, okay? No. Uh, No, I don't know. Maybe I lied. Maybe I read it wrong. Who knows? The one before it, Tarask won by one vote. Um, Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm dumb. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, But this week... Uh, it is a 50-50 split between both of them. Wow. So, I mean, if you feel especially impassioned, shoot us a message or reply to the completed poll, and whoever gives us the best argument for their monster, we will deem the official winner of the episode. I will be putting the poll up for this one right away. Uh, the way we'll be doing it from here on out we are going to be recording on Sundays, which means you have two days after the episode goes up to place your vote. As always, if the poll has run out, uh, you can still leave a comment with what your vote would have been. And if we have not yet recorded, which happens sometimes, stuff gets pushed back, then we will take yours into account. But there's no promise if the poll has been closed. So go over, vote, tell us your thoughts, scream at us for whatever we did wrong. Sources. I already said I don't have any. I mean, I do, but it was just a bunch of different websites that I went to, and frankly, I cannot remember any of them. That's honestly fair. All I remember is that it wasn't Wikipedia. (laughs) Wikipedia does not have an entry on this hoe, which is wild. Genuinely upsetting. Yeah. It was, it was shocking, truly. I only have two sources this week. Uh, mine are the, uh, looks like, Revistas de uh, Antropologica by Leon Cadogan and uh, Nuestros Antepasados by Narciso Coleman. 
I have a bit of sources. Of course you do. Uh, so I used, for one, the Silent Hill fandom wiki. Uh, they mainly use uh, Twitter posts, answers from creators, and also dev diary videos on YouTube for anything. Uh, they don't have specific links to show which came, what information came from where. Uh, I used an IGN article about Silent Hill 2 from May 17th, 2001. You could probably look that up. Uh, I also used uh, the Silent Hill 3 official strategy guide for uh, kind of the map and stuff. Making of Silent Hill 2 DVD. An article by Christina Gonzalez called The Escapist Seeing Red, The Repulsive Allure of Pyramid Head. That was made on August 4th, 2010. Uh, also, Silent Hill Homecoming Guide for that last part where I was talking about Pyramid Head in that one game briefly. And also an archive tweet from Masahiro Ito about... Uh, Pyramid Head and his design. That's more sources than even I use, and that's when you know. That was insanity. Okay. Well, Megan's fucking crazy. I did my research. Yay. Anyway, what happens now? (laughs) (laughs) We ride off into the sunset and thank everyone for coming to Mythids. Yeah, I mean, as always, um, editing is done by the delightful Mori, whomst we love, even if they are a bit of a gremlin at times, admittedly. Um, and the intro and outro music was written by my delightfully patient and incredibly unlucky in that he happened to fall in love with me, Husband Eddie. (laughs) I love your different episodes for him every time. Yeah. Someday I'm going to get him to come on this episode. He'll be our 20th episode guest. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Another, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, however many... Mm. I'll drag him on here, kicking and screaming. Good. Um, and that just about does it for us today. So, as always, we will see you next week, and goodbye. Bye! Bye!